what to write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Of a better home We want focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas Let this last that was great. Sounds watched with outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Easy Blues, you're better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? The journey of music is one that can be fantastic. And I want to know what it takes to get the true charm in a party jam to know that it is date night and to feel good as it as you break it down all right to that, we can only go to one person and one person only to have this conversation this man is a wordsmith this man is a musician this man is on zoom hanging out with me and prestige i want you to put your hands together not if you're driving if you're driving please keep your hands at 10 and 2 because we don't need any accidents but mentally put your hands together for the amazing, the fantastic, and this man is so good. King Kong ain't got nothing on him. Williams. What's going on? I love that. Love that. <laughs> top. That's like the top number one intro I've ever had on, on the radio station. I love it. Well, I, you know, like the other thing too is I love like with artists that I don't necessarily know of, like as we're best and friends. Right. I love to go through the catalog and try to drop Easter eggs because I want you to know we're paying attention before you even say right. the first word. And appreciate you know to how special you truly are, bro. Oh, man, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, I definitely felt it. Definitely felt it. And yeah, I'm, I definitely remember that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, for for those though, for those that weren't playing the home game and couldn't figure out like what to do from the intro, right. um, what brought you to the journey of of you know being being a human and then saying, hey, I like music. I'm going to try to make money off of music, you know, because yeah. everyone tells you you can't do that. That's right. wrong. Hopefully you got a backup plan. How did right. you, uh, how'd you get here, man? Um, so it really all started. If we go back when I was like five, mm. um, I would always sing like Al Green in my grandma's car. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, she would be like, I would get an attitude if she ever skipped over love and happiness. She was like, you be in the back and you get mad at me. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I would, I was just singing just as a child. Then um, 13, I, in school, we always had, uh, there was like a poem month where we would write poetry and mm-hmm. I would always do very well in, in that, in that uh, part of the uh, year and that, in that whole, uh, that whole class, and then I kind of just started writing music, like songs and stuff. And was like, well, if I'm good at poetry, mm-hmm. let's see if I can actually create some songs. Because essentially, they go hand in hand. Um, and that's pretty much where it all began. And then I would, you know, get beats off of like SoundClick and stuff. But then I right. was like, everything sounds so generic. So I mm-hmm. did try hand at one point actually producing my records right um, but then like the more complex they got in my mind the more i was like i need to find an actual producer 
Um, and then that's when I started linking up with other other uh, producer friends of mine, Symphony Swing, also from Connecticut, PD3, also from uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and Weezer Rathcool, also from Bridgeport, Connecticut. So, and we just built a bond off of that, and I just took it from there. Mm. Yeah, and and it's it's so super interesting too because it, this it seems to be that that common thread, that common journey, you know, where you have you're growing up with music in that in the household itself, and and again, I don't think you were ju- you were popping an attitude that was unjust. I mean, I get right. mad when people skip that song. You know, it's kind of look. I'm not I'm not the hugest uh, Leonard Skinner fan in the world, but I can't get out of the car until Freebird's done playing. That's just exactly. disrespectful. It's exactly. just disrespectful. So what? You tuned in and you gotta stop. You know, you hear that note, you're like, "Ugh, I'm gonna waste four minutes of my life right now, but I have to." Yeah, you know, it, I get it. I totally understand. You understand? You know, yeah. You know, it is. It is that journey. It is that 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 growth and that depth. But then also going from write the written word, dealing with poetry, and it really working so well into the songwriting aspect of it. Um, is do you think that is because you are learning how to write structurally, or do you think it had more to do with you know uh, the the proper hiawasis uh you know meditation i think it was like structurally mm-hmm. um because i i've done i had done prior to poetry i had done creative writing projects mm-hmm, like right. as as a kid you kind of just your imagination is it could go anywhere so a lot of the things that i wrote as a child kind of never never really had any structure. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like, this is what's in my mind. Um, poetry helped me because like, I learned about haikus and mm-hmm. all of these types of things. So there was a structure. So now listening to music and the music that I was raised on <laughs> the majority of my life, like I always had that structure. Like mm-hmm. their structure was like, okay, there's a, there's a, a verse, chorus, another verse bridge and then outro to end of course so like that it, it did it did play a role in how i ended up getting into into writing and it did help me structurally because now like how i write songs is kind of like how i would write an essay it, mm-hmm. for some for 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 the most part it's like mm-hmm. my my hook is kind of like my thesis and then everything after that is like the body paragraph, and I just have to tie everything in at the end mm-hmm. of the day and then make it sense, make it make sense. So structure definitely helped me progress as a writer in in the music industry. Anyway, no, you wanted something. I I love I love how you made that parallel because when I'm talking to young songwriters and they're always asking me like, "What do I do? What do I do?" I tell them go back and read as much Shakespeare as possible because he has. I I'm, I'm going to say this word. I'm going to butcher this word. I don't care. Dynamic pentameter in which yeah. there is certain there are a certain amount of syllables that have to hit at a certain point in time in every yeah. one of his lines, so it has that natural flow to it. That helps bring into the the writing aspect of it. That helps bring into the melodic aspect of it. We have to remember a lot of our real first published writings that became mass consumed were poets. Dante's right. in, Dante's Inferno, the trilogy, is just really long poet. It's just a poem, mm-hmm. um, you know. So and it has that type of structure that can lead so much to it and you can have so much time fun playing with it and you can also you know you don't necessarily have to stick directly to the format but when you know that format 
when you know the verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, outro, when you know that format, you can fake things. You can get verse, chorus, keys, yeah. verse, 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 seven choruses. You know what I mean? You need exactly. to know the rules to understand how to break them. Um, and and it, it's it's so super, super important. And I absolutely love how you actually got, we got to say that in, yeah. uh, in yeah, right here on air. Now, what is the most important thing for you? You know, I know you say you look at it as an essay, you have your thesis yeah. statement and then you have to prove it throughout the aspect. Um, is, do you, do you write a song as per meaning or do you write a song as per words that can get, that can mess with each other? Um, I, I like to write with, uh, words, I guess, that can mess with each other. I think mm -hmm. like con like con uh, conceptually and, and just like, I have a song uh, called Back to Love. And like, uh, when I first recorded it, my engineer and producer Symphony, who at the time he was in there when I was recording it, mm -hmm. he, uh, him and my friend both asked, they were like, okay, so who's the girl right. that you're singing about? And I was like, I'm not singing about a girl. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's about, R&B. It's mm. my love letter to R&B. I'm not talking about a woman. I was like, mm -hmm. it can be it can be taken as that. I get it. I was like, but if you really like listen to what I'm saying and then they were like, oh wait, that's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, nah, it's not about a woman, but you wrote it as if it was. And I was like, it's because I care about the genre and I care about where it's it's being taken. I care about you know, I want to take care of it and make sure it's in the right hands. So I was like, I wrote that as a love letter. It started out that way. And they were like, wow, we never really thought. I was like, if you listen to the first few bars of the song, I was like, remember when it used to be cool to be okay to love? Yeah. And they were like, oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah I'm just, I was like, but at the end, you know, I, I say, uh, I miss your sweet melodies, your beautiful soul and harmony. You mean just so much to me. Can you come back home? Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, that's crazy that you wrote it in that fashion. And we thought it was for a woman, but you were really mm -hmm. like, yeah. like, it's really just about R&B because I miss the melodies, the right. the soul in it, the, the, the passion in it. I was like, it's all gone. I was like, so now I'm like, yo, can you come back home? Get back to what you were mm -hmm. really about in the first place. <laughs> like, let's forget all of this hip hop stuff. Like, let's get back to the essence of what R&B truly is and, and feels like. So I like to play with, uh, you know, people's minds sometimes with records when it comes to it, to be like, oh, he's not talking about that. And that came from a lot of my favorites. So mm -hmm. they did that. Like Michael Jackson would leave me alone. Mm -hmm. People thought, you know, oh, he was talking about a woman. I was like, no, nah, he's talking about the media and the press. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we, you know, listening to the record, it sounds like, you know, so I like to kind of have that fun. But then there's times where like the, the, the words are, they mean exactly what they mean. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, clear cut so that's why i like i like to have fun writing in that in in that space sometimes well and and that's that's such a beautiful reality because yes sometime a duck is just a duck and sometime a duck is just like got autocorrected you right. know and that's just the way things go um whole bunch of people are like wait a second did he just say that um 
but no, that, that's that's really the, the the truth of the matter. And and I love how how you write you wrote in this beautiful metaphor, um, you know, in, in which that comes down to because that's that's the honest being about it. Like you can literally, in a certain way, you know, I say it with my kids all the time when they when they're picking on each other or when they're they're trying to take talk to each other on how to get something accomplished and they're just yelling at each other. Yeah. Say, Yo, it's not what you're saying, man. It's how you're saying it. You know, yeah, I could I could tell you I love you like you're going to be scared. Like, you know, we run, we run down the street and it's, you know, dark out. And I'm like, oh, no, you, you, gotta run. <laughs> you know, what yeah. I mean? you know, it's just the way that it goes. It's got to be that presentation. And, you know, I, I've always loved that about music in particular, you know, um, especially like when people get it wrong. You know, I, yeah. I used to work. I used to work in record stores, man. And let me tell you, ain't nothing like it, especially like during during like the 2000 weird music that started to happen and, and people were like oh do you have that pussycat doll song uh you know don't you because because i think of my girlfriend when i think of don't you i was like uh you think of someone that you want to cheat on your girlfriend with when yeah. when when you when you're thinking of the song you want to cheat on your girlfriend or lips of an angel you know phenomenal love song but he's talking to his ex-girlfriend on the phone you know what i mean like it's 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 like, crazy because mm-hmm. I, even in that, in that, in that same light, I remember I was at a, uh, I was at a bar one night, and we were just talking about music, and we, I was, I mentioned uh, "Reasons" by Earth, Earth mm-hmm. Wind, Fire, and I was like, it's, I was like, I will debate this with anybody. I was like, that is the greatest one night stand song ever written, mm-hmm. <laughs> the greatest one. And, people, and like the the woman sitting next to me, like she was older than me. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's a one-night, it's a one-night stand record. And she was mm-hmm. like, no. I was like, think about the song. I was like, you know it? She was like, yeah. I was, but she pulls out her phone. Like, she's reading reads the lyrics. lyrics mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, my God. Yeah. She well, was like, I never, I was like, but it's how they sung about it. It's the delivery. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're listening to it as, it's a love song. It's a, I was like, but right. it's a one night stand record. I was like, and it's the greatest one ever written. <laughs> I, I can't. I was like, I'll stand on that. I'll stand ten toes on that. I was like, because so many people, it didn't resonate with them when it first mm-hmm. dropped. I was like, but if you really sit down and listen to what they're saying, I was like, this is a one night stand song. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, like, yeah. taken from taken from those artists, like that's where mm-hmm. I kind of get the inspiration to write in that in that space and with that kind of creativity because it can be you can have the the uh the the sensualness and the mm-hmm. sex appeal but you can also not be so hypersexual with it mm-hmm. and and whatever and you can be clever with it i was like because right. people always get into debates i'm like listen i'm i'm not one to say oh the old school wasn't talking about sex in their songs. I'm like, nah, they just spoke about it differently to yeah. the point where you didn't know that's what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's all about uh, how you approach it. It really is. All, I mean, exactly. look well, at Lady Marmalade. Like, we didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. People knew it, but, you know, it wasn't, like, addressed like that back in the day. Or, you know, when you were so back then. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah. uh, exactly. take your time and do it right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know? Chuck Berry with my dealing, yeah. you know, on, on a children's record, bro. Yeah. That's like a children's, children's record, record. Man. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I just, I kind of growing up on that music, 
Mm-hmm. Like I try my best to write with that creativity and that style and, and, right. and that feeling because I it's what I know. Like mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. now I'm like, ah, the feeling's kind of gone, but we got to get back to it. So that's why I decided well, to get my music. It's so super interesting because I mean, this, this is something again that has gone through. I mean, really, you want to blow everyone's mind that the the song that became about women's empowerment started out for uh, you know about something not so empowering towards women you know Aretha Aretha Franklin's respect was originally written by Otis Redding and what right. that song is actually about I'm just saying I ain't going to say it on air cuz we're going to get kicked off but you're absolutely right on WNHHLP 103.5 <laughs> FM New Haven don't want to get cocked off that station go right ahead easy Bruce. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you do the research in it, you realize what actually is being requested. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny. Really, really funny. Um, And that's that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But that that is the beauty of it. That is that way to to, to be that sleight of hand. You know, um, something that I, I love to do, like when I'm sitting and writing and stuff, I love to take those two things that contract contrast but have like the same type of emotion i compare a lot of like you know love withdrawal with you know mm-hmm. chemical withdrawal uh, right. because it's relatable you know i i found out at a really young age all the love songs that were ever written if you just change the name you change the word love to drugs it still makes sense yeah you know all you need is drugs exactly all, all drugs are all you need you know what yeah. i'm saying like you know and and that's literally with everything like you can do it with every song possible so the minute you can start to do that you get to play this word salad and sometimes, mm-hmm. again, it's just a duck. And sometimes it's autocorrected. And that is one of the most beautiful things you can possibly do. And I love that you actually play with that. Um, what, is, what is your goal for that now? Because have you listened to um, the, uh, a breaking down of, of a record um, podcast? I forgot the name of it. But they did the Childish Gambino um, record uh, because of the internet. Mm. And like... He drew a lot, like, I listened to that whole thing, and I was like, wow, I need to level up. Like, there were stories that were told throughout that entire record that I had no clue about. Um, you know, is that what you do? You look back at that, and now can you find your contemporaries, like a Childish Gambino? Uh, yeah, I think, because uh, I actually haven't, uh, I got to get into to that. But, yeah, there's definitely contemporaries. Um because again, uh, like Michael, uh, Michael Prince, um, Stevie Wonder, uh, there's, there's so many. D'Angelo, uh, because like as you said, uh, you can mix songs with with drugs, and like I wasn't an, in an, my adult years, like early twenties, and my uncle. We were talking about uh brown sugar and he was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. something about like song about heroin. I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. He was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. think about it. And I was like, Let me tell you about this girl, maybe I should met her feel, and her name was Brown Sugar. I was like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. And so yeah. from there, like I kinda there's a lot of contemporaries of mine that I look up to in writing that I mm-hmm. try to I would God, there's times where I'm like, okay, how would they do it? Or how mm-hmm. would they or kind of just get some ideas off of stuff that they've already written. I yeah. also try to keep things 
um, try to write songs that obviously can uh, stand the test of time. Um, mm -hmm. It's like no matter what era or what year you play it in, it's going to feel the same way it did when it hit right. 10 years. Um, so, yeah, but I, I love I love writers that can tell stories. Uh, um, those are my favorite ones, honestly. Like if you can tell a good story, I'm going to sit down and listen to your record. And, and that's and that's always been my favorite. Like you mentioned, uh, the devil went down to Georgia before we got mm -hmm. on. That was the first yep. country song my dad ever put on. It put me mm -hmm. on, to, and I was like, "This is crazy." So, mm -hmm. I it's just the the storyline of it all. So I do try to draw inspiration from contemporaries such as that. But like my biggest has always been Michael, just in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but like writing wise. Between him, Prince, Babyface, Stevie, like I love, mm -hmm. you know, their writing styles and, and everything that they bring to to music. That's awesome. I got a challenge for you. You ready for a challenge? Right. I, I think I, I came up with a concept for your next record because I'm crazy. I think you should look back and pick 10 of the best female anthem R&B songs to deal with love, right? Right. And write an answer back. Right, right mm. for each of those mm. songs, and just, just call just just call it callback. You know what I'm saying? And like, don't even tell people what the song is. Let them try to figure it out. Yeah. Like, you know, drop clues, drop Easter eggs. But like, if you 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 know you want to get into that super crazy artistic aspect, this yeah. could be your Medellin. It might drive you crazy, but I definitely think it'd be worth it, especially coming from the point of view that you come from. You right. know. I, I, I've i always loved, like, I love going on after, you know, uh, a female singer-songwriter or, you know, a female-fronted band, because you do realize that my songs are just the male perspective of what they're going through. So yeah. that, that becomes a conversation. Um, and I think I think you are, I'm not, you know, don't let this get oh, in your head or not, but I think you have the skill and the talent and the love and appreciation I for appreciate real music it. enough yeah. to pull that off. So that is a challenge. It is on air today. Easy, easy blues has challenged you. Got it. I love it. That actually gives me some. It gives me some. Uh, it gives me a little help with the writer's block I've been having. So I'm gonna see mm. if I can sit down and 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 get in get into that because that's actually dope. And I and I humbly appreciate that. I that that definitely is a is a dope idea. Hold on, I'm gonna uh, now now I'm gonna add to it. So you're definitely gonna want to watch this episode back now. Gotcha. While you do that, boost up your social media presence. And ask your audience what songs that you should do. Have them vote on it. Talk about the song process. And then yeah. document your writing process for the whole thing. This is something that will literally build for you on much on a much greater scale. And you're doing out of your, you know, it's not, it, it's not going to be super marketing aspect, but it's something organic and something fun. And it's a story that no one else is telling right now. And I think yeah. you're the perfect person to tell the story. So yeah. feel free. I love yeah, I'm gonna definitely watch this back and, and take that advice because it actually sounds very fun. I want to go back to um, you were yeah. in a lot of musicals. Well, which was your favorite ones to perform in? Ooh, okay. So the, my favorite one to perform in was probably back to the '80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back to the '80s was 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 most likely my my favorite. Um, and that was really because of my friend at the time when we were like, we did it together and we loved, we both loved eighties music. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he was he was like this a little Italian kid and <laughs> he was like everybody else loved 80s music, but like right. his his 80s music that he loved and my 80s music that I loved, it 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 went it together that- more so than everybody else. Oh, okay, right. it, was, um, it was music similar yeah, interests, gotcha. Similar right. interests. So he cause he loved like he loved the the 80s Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he liked, you know, like the Bobby Brown, like because that's mm-hmm. what his mom was like. He liked that right. era. Um, 80s hip hop, stuff like that. So we kind of it we just kind of stuck together on that. And and a lot of the songs, it was easier for me to learn because I was like, I know all these songs. I grew up on 80s music, so there's not a record in this in this uh in this in this play that I don't know. Um right. you know, some of them kind of shocked because you know it was you know to see a black kid know like a Cindy Lauper uh, record. I'm like, oh no, listen, I I mm-hmm. all of them, I everybody, I listen to everybody. It's music. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. I'm going to listen to it. Um then um there was a I was in West Side Story. That one was fun. Mm. Um that was a fun one learning. And that was like my first one that I actually had to uh learn choreography. Because I had never really done that before. Mm. So um that was that was a, a bit of a challenge, but a fun one. Uh and then drawing a blank. There were some others, but like in middle school. So that was right. that's going back a while. But uh, yeah, I've done and that and and those those play productions and being on stage helped me with music performance, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it just without knowing that it was gonna play into my music career, it, it actually helped a lot. So those were, but those mm-hmm. are my two favorite ones that that I've done thus far, and that I've been in like Christmas, right. uh, mm-hmm. Christmas. Uh, concerts and stuff like that so right hmm. you're also part of a festival it was an anti-bullying festival in new york uh, what was the name tell me about that experience um it had to be definitely inspirational was it a renaissance yeah. fair <laughs> no i don't think it was a renaissance it was, fair. No, <laughs> it was it was anti-bullying help you oh anti-bullying yeah like that that actually was a fun time oh, um, yeah it was it was very inspirational to be a part mm-hmm. of it, and um, I think it was saying like it was upstate Connecticut somewhere. I can't remember, or maybe like New York. Yeah, I remember it was upstate New York. Yeah, New York, upstate yeah. New York. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that kind of came out of nowhere. Didn't really. Mm-hmm. I. It was just like oh okay, yeah no I'm definitely it's a good cause. Uh, just tell me what I, you know, what I need to do, where I need to be, and mm-hmm. I'll, so, and it got it, it got a, a good amount of uh, promotion, mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. So that was definitely a very humbling experience to just be asked to be a part of something like that, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and you know, be a be a part of that movement. Mm. Now, when people call you an old soul, um, does it um, relate to just your passion of you know uh, throwback music, or does it um, 
kind of give a whole teacher mentor vibe when they call you old soul? It's my music. Okay. It's my music because, uh, like, they know, um, yeah, I listen to music that is much older than me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I I truly have a a love for it. So they like, oh, you got an old soul because you're listening to, they don't expect me, who was born in 91, mm -hmm. to know about like Evelyn Champagne Kang like I did. Mm -hmm. Or right. be able to be like, they catch me listening to, uh, you know, Guy and, and mm -hmm. Teddy Riley records. And even though right. he was big in the 90s, but he was, you know, 88 and that whole New Jack Swing era and and all these you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and, mm -hmm. and uh, Tierra Marie and they're like, "What you like? How do you know about all this?" I'm like, "I was raised on it, and it just mm -hmm. stuck with me." It was like, mm -hmm. I was like, "So my parents had the superior era of music." Like I, mm -hmm. <laughs> like this was like this is great. like, and I never deviated. But with my music, I knew that I'd have to adjust. Mm -hmm. uh, and not come necessarily with the same exact sound. Um, but I did my best to kind of modernize so they could they could understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that that's what it really it means when I'm an old soul when when people call me that. It's definitely because of the music. Well, we're millennials, so I think we're probably like the last generation to get brought up. Well, probably I think the right way when it comes to music like that, in my in my opinion. Yeah, we as in YouTube, yeah. right? Yeah, right, I'm a same, Gen Xer. Right? Yeah, you're I'm a Gen Xer. Xer. But I'm just I'm saying, Gen like in, in general, you know what I mean. I think millennials yeah, yeah. are the last generation just to be brought up with the old school music because, like nowadays. Um, some kids don't even know the Wu Tang Clan. Some kids right. don't even know who Luther Vandross is. Some kids, I'm just being, I'm just, I'm just know, being honest, know, easy. But, I'm just saying, on majority, he, no, not I, all. I get what you're saying, but but yeah. here's the thing: I'm not gonna blame it on on, on the childrens because the childrens, okay. they're, they're young, they don't know any better. I'm, That's I'm, true. You don't you don't blame a dog for biting a human. You blame the bad dog owner. All right, <laughs> the parents have dropped the ball. And and in some ways, like phenomenal, but but the music is still out there. To That's say, true. you know, Josh Stone still released a record, you know, a couple of years ago. There's mm -hmm. still, you know, there's still the, these true aspects that are there. You just got to dig a little deeper. It's not being spoon fed to us through mass radio because honestly, if we're being real, right. when it comes down to actual culture, radio mm -hmm. is all, is becoming a dead medium. You know, except for this show because this show is important and you need to listen yeah. to it. But you know, when when you have the internet come through and and things are getting taken down into smaller clips, but you you know as you dig, you can still see it. As you dig, you can still see it. You know, yeah, but it's I, bad, it's bad. Crazy. Like it, it's they weren't you know it wasn't raised as like. And again, that's also the deal with the social economic aspect. You know, the parents can't be around to guide you as much because both of them got to work forty to sixty hours a week. And now all you're left to be raised by is mm -hmm. the idiot box or the YouTube. Yeah. So let, let's be real. You know, we, we are a product of, of, you know, unregulated capitalism that has really dragged us down this much. They've taken the meaning out of everything the minute they multi-mass marketed it. I'm just being real. <laughs>
Yeah, but he, he does make a point because, like, it, it's the, the owner of the dog, per se. Like, mm-hmm. my cousin, but he's, he's the way it's he's like, my theme song was Sensitivity by mm-hmm. Ralph mm-hmm. Preston. And he said that to me when he was like five. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's like, what do you know about Ralph Tresman and your five-year-old? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's crazy. So, it, it, you know, with how I do my music, it's like you got to kind of, um, I want to say trick, but it's like you got to kind of give them a, uh, a new sound with uh, an older sound, but with a new face. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I first did one of my songs, which was a whole new Jack Swing mm-hmm. uh, vibe, it's called If uh, I Want to Know What a Girl Wants. I told my uh, producer, because mm-hmm. he was kind of on the edge, he was like, ah, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, it's an older genre. Like, how are the kids going to kind of relate to it and whatever? And I said, Well, listen, I was like, dude, at the time I was like 24. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, no, I was younger than that. I was 21. So, right. I was like, here's what's going to happen. I was like, it's going to be, it's going to be new to them, but old to us. I was like, mm-hmm. we know what it sounds like. Like, we know exactly, we know exactly how New Jack Swing sounds, mm-hmm. exactly how it's going to go, the cadence and everything. I was like, but the kids, it's going to be new to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, well, when you put it like that, so we did we did the record. He had his nephews were in there for about the majority of the recording process. And once we finished, he told me, he was like, my nephew and my sons know your song word for word. Mm-hmm. And they were asking like, when you're going to put it out so they could like download it and stuff. Cause they mm-hmm. were just hearing it from him playing it all the time right so he was like it's crazy how that panned out and then years later bruno mars came with 24 karat magic and mm-hmm. again it was like i was getting phone calls people like yo you've been on this you've been doing this i was like ah. mm-hmm. like yeah i mean i have but i was like it's bruno bruno's got a bigger platform but it's no you know it's nothing to him i love bruno but hmm. i was like right. but he, it was the same concept. It was like, it's a new mm-hmm. artist, it's a face of their generation doing a sound that we know. Mm-hmm. We knew what Bruno was doing. I was like, but as far as the kids, like they have no idea what he's doing. But for them, they're like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this yeah. is new. We're listening to it like, oh man, he's paying t- he's paying homage to Teddy Riley and the whole new mm-hmm. Jack Swing era. He's with Uptown Funk. It was like, oh, this is this ain't nothing but uh mm-hmm. but you know, but Moore's day in the time. Like we know. Right. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, jungle love. <laughs> like, so you was, knew that, from the dance, you knew what song I was singing in my of head. Of course. Like, <laughs> so I told you, I'm, I'm from that. I was raised on that. So when Bruno mm. came with that, it, I understood it because I was like, it's essentially what I aimed to do. It was like, let's mm-hmm. bring back this 
this sound that we grew up on, we know and love and we want to hear more of, but we got to modernize it and give it a new fresh face right. for kids. I was like, because if, if Teddy Riley did that, they're not going right. to gravitate to him because, you know, right. Teddy Riley is all about the age. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't, he looks old. I was like, Bruno, myself, whoever else does it, if they look closer to them in age, they're going to mm-hmm. tune in because they're from their generation. So right. it definitely worked out. And I get it because it's like you can't, you know, the kids, it's all about who's being raised on what. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when things are being so diluted and we're being pushed, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're being pushed elsewhere and with these other other types of records, it gets right. lost. But you, mm-hmm. you definitely now have a lot, though, that, you know, are kind of uh, starting to get back into it. I remember, like, when they did the new edition story, mm-hmm. like, a whole bunch of kids now, like, even after... Bruno did 24 Karat Magic. Like, there were, like, 12-year-old musicians with talk boxes, mm-hmm. <laughs> reels and stuff. And it's like, who do you think that they got all of this from? Exactly. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. was messing with a talk box in the 2000s until Bruno came with 24 Karat Magic. Yep. And now they're like, wait, he's talking about, like, a Teddy Riley at the Grammys, and now these mm-hmm. kids musicians are Googling these people. Yep. And learning about it, or their parents are just kind of like, "Oh yeah, Teddy, I was in my heyday when Teddy Riley was hired." So <laughs> they're putting them on the records. So right. it, yeah, it's I, I love I love music in that sense. And you know, when I did a uh, feel good, that's essentially the route I took when I did mm-hmm. that. Was to kind of modernize that '90s sound, but make it current and feel like it just dropped in this era i mean what you did but... and that's the music we're going to play at the end of the hour on uh wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige and my partner in crime long island rays elm city made ez blues is in the building we have a very talented denzel williams with us on behind the brand denzel i hope i didn't lose your train of thought go right ahead oh no 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 i did not lose my train of thought at all uh, <laughs> but yeah so like i said with with feel good and yeah. that whole that whole thing writing that was again going back to stories it was Mm -hmm. like full circle because i literally had a thought and i've always been this way was like yo we gotta have feel good musics like it's gotta Mm -hmm. come back like it's not feeling how it did and i wrote sat down and i was like i found myself one day thinking how cool it would be to hear that feel good music sound make it come back in 2016 Mm -hmm. and the rest, like it was just literally me having a thought, mm-hmm. a personal thought, and yeah. wrote the hook, and and then I was like, well, I need a rapper because people like rappers, and that's cool because I know a lot of rappers. <laughs> I was like, I need, I need a rapper. I was thinking about writing a third verse, but I was like, nah, I'm tired of writing. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give my cousin to come through. He's good. He right. does good work. So. Mm-hmm called him up and sent him the record and I was like this is where we're going with it and I was like dude I was like just write about the music you and I grew up on and how it made you feel like his dad and my dad are brothers so we were literally raised the se- like musically mm-hmm. we're the same people so I was like just do write about how music makes you feel mm-hmm. how hip hop makes you feel mm-hmm. and 
he did just that. And and it came out to be like one of my most popular records. Not my favorite, but the most mm. popular one <laughs> that everybody well, and, and, really loved. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and what I really want people to 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 truly uh, take from this is, yeah, you, you know, when you're writing the song, you're you're looking at the potential audience, and you keep saying the, those kids. And I will say, sometimes, and Prestige can say, I say this a lot. Sometimes, right. especially in the creative process, you mm. gotta Bernie Mac these kids. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can't say what I really want to say on air, but I'll say right. you gotta Bernie Mac these kids. And and, and the reason why is because. That art still needs to be created. That okay. voice still needs. I'm gonna pop me before I release anything. If it doesn't make me go, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write it. I'm gonna throw it in the garbage. <laughs> like after right. I've thrown stuff away, and people are like, "Yo, that is ridiculous." I was like, "That is uh, that's a Tuesday." I was bored. I didn't like mm -hmm. it. it. It meant nothing to me. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that might have been the one night stand, the, the ultimate one night stand song. But I am yeah. the ultimate one night stand verse writer. I'm like, nah, I it wasn't anything. I'm sorry, you know. Exactly. But and you know, and, and that, right, and that's the reality that 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 you sit and and you dance within. So again, pop yourself, make mm. yourself feel feel the track because once you fall in love with it, mm. someone else is gonna fall in love with it. You know, right. they say, you know, a truly wise man finds out what what they love and they find a way to make money with it, and that is how they find happiness. You know, you are, you are not trying to fit in any type of mold. You are not just a throwback artist. You are an artist that sees it. You know, Uncle Frank Zappa said it the best. All original music has already been done by dudes that are dead in powdered wigs. Just do you. <laughs> you know, you know, you're not going to have an original thought because there's only so many notes that are out there. There's mm -hmm. only a certain amount of chords that are out there. There's mm -hmm. only a certain amount of ways you can put these chords together that are out there. So forget about just, and when you can take those moments, one of the things, and not to hype up my own self, but I'm gonna hype up my own self right I'll now. One of the do things it. that's incredible with Shane Penguin is we have four different perspectives that sit down and write. We have four different influences that sit down and write where we can bring a pop punk drummer into you know more of an experimental or, um, you know, Funk Brothers type of uh, bass player in with a, a more of a pop or uh, metal centric, emo centric guitar player. And then a soul writer, soul singer aspect of being a blue eyed soul man as I am as the Indeed. front of it. That's what makes it original, because instead of us trying to comp, you know, instead of us trying to force our solo opinion on it, we're having a conversation and compromise and making something new that still makes people feel like they've heard it before because they felt it exactly. not because you know they felt it and they felt that point of view that's one of the things that i absolutely love about your catalog of work um and i love that you can sit here and be as passionate you know what it took to write feel good you know what it took you can go right back to that moment and that's what i think people got lost in you know, yeah. everyone wants to, to manufacture it, get it out as quick as possible, do what you got to do. Nah, man, take your time. Yeah. You know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day, but let's be real. I don't care about Rome. You know what I mean? But the painting of the Sistine Chapel, that wasn't done in 35 minutes. Sure enough, wasn't. You know what I mean? And so, that's why that's you know, I try to tell people because it's like I'd rather take the time to write a record that I know is going to sit with people 
Like, mm-hmm. again, I grew up on timeless music. So right. it'd be a disservice to the people that I look up to right. to not contribute to the timeless music. Uh, so, yeah, with with songs like Feel Good and, 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 and Back to Love, it, it's like it's all stuff that people can relate to. And, and at some point, it'd be like, yeah, I want that. We need that back. Or, oh, like, I want to know what a girl wants. Somebody from Canada, um, uh, Kenny B. Smooth on IG, he big new jack head, but he heard that mm-hmm. record. He dedicated it to his girl. Um, and I never met him before in my life. He had just heard my record on Instagram. He heard a snippet, went, listened to the rest of the song, and he was like, yeah, I still listen to that to this day. And that song is going to be about 10 years old <laughs> in about a year or so, in about another few months. So mm-hmm. it's like to write songs like that, for me, is what means more. But like you said, there's, there's, it's got to hit with you, with you, the artist, first feel good i honestly was kind of like eh. my cousin was he the featured artist wow. he was more he I, I really think that he had he knew what it was going to do before i did he was mm-hmm. like oh, this is going he's like yo this this is this is dope he's like this is gonna hit and i was like eh, we'll see i was like i'm hoping yeah. like, i was kind of like i don't know like i knew but for me i was like I love the hook. I love the chorus. I love everything about this record. But at the time, I was kind of like the way that the way that you know the the kind of music our era is kind of leaning to. I was like, I don't know. Like, where, mm-hmm. I was like, the only hope, the only hope. And we dropped it, and it did. It got a reaction that I was like, okay. Like, right. I have to start marketing this song. The first yeah. song of mine that I've ever had to really market. I was like, oh, so y'all really like this record. Mm-hmm. So let me market this the best way I know how. Let me get some merch together. Let me do a video. Right. Because I was like, I didn't expect this to have. Like, I didn't expect y'all to react this way to this record. And you want to know something we talked about reaction and we're talking about that. Unfortunately, we have to react to the fact that they're trying to pull the Apollo curtain on us right now and uh, call, call it call it a day. But right now, mm-hmm. we want to give you this time to market this correctly and tell people how they can reach out and touch you, how they can invest in you, how they right. can listen to your music, buy your merch. This, this time is yours. Denzel, it has been an honor and a privilege. But, sir, the floor is yours. Thank you. Same, same. It's been a, an honor. Appreciate you guys for having me on. So Thank you. you can find me on all social media platforms. So Instagram is going to be underscore Denzel Williams music. Mm. Uh, on Twitter, it's going to be the R&B smooth. T-H-E-E-R, uh, the letter N-B, smooth. That's on Twitter. Um, but you can also just go to my official website where all of that is <laughs> just one click away where you can find music, you can find, uh, you can look at my merch, you can mm-hmm. see an interview that I did with uh, My City Initiative, shout right. outs to them. Um, so that's all on my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, if you want to follow me on there, is Denzel Williams, very simple, I keep it easy. <laughs> um, 
And then, like I said, my music is on all major platforms, Spotify, Tidal, Apple, Deezer, wherever you get your music to stream, you can find it there. But definitely go check out my website because it's a one-stop shop. Everything you need is right there. I kept it easy for the people. Appreciate you, Denzel. Thank you so much. We're going to premiere your song, Loving You, on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, EZ Blues. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Feeling this